0: G'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Drones for Good podcast, um, our World of Drones and Robotics Congress 2020 special season. Um, as some of our listeners may have heard, uh, our season one has culminated. Um, we finished that up with 12 episodes um, recently, and as you may have heard at the end of that episode, we're moving into a second special season, which is going to focus on the World of Drones and Robotics Congress, the lead up, and then we're also going to be live uh, streaming and live podcasting um, from the Congress itself. Now, given this is all about the World of Drones and Robotics Congress, which I'm going to say 500 times during uh, during this <laughs> chat, um, which is based up here in Brizzy on 12th, 13th November, um, it would be only fair to have the convener of the Congress, Associate Professor Dr. Catherine Ball, along. G'day, Catherine. How are you?
1: Good day. How are you? You should just call it Wodark. I call it
0: Wodark. Wodark. It used to be called Wad. Yeah, the Wad. Okay. Yeah, and the then we've obviously got um, we've got robotics as part of this, but we'll we'll talk a yeah. little bit about the robotics stuff um, later on. I think. But, um, yeah, cool. ladies and gents, if, if you haven't heard, uh, there's probably um, our only event that's going to occur, you know, significant event that's going to occur in 2020 um, this year. It's being held in uh, sunny sunny Brisbane, and I promise the weather's going to be fantastic. 12, 13 November, it's at the Brisbane Convention and Entertainment Centre, um, which is in South Bank in Brisbane, and it's the World of Drones and Robotics Congress. Um So, Catherine, you're obviously the convener of that. Um, But before we get into talking about that, I want to talk a little bit about you first and and get a little bit of your background. So, drones, robotics, a bit different, you know, it's it's a little bit of a a different left of centre area. How did you end up in in this area and and get to this point, I guess?
1: Well, as an environmental scientist, the ability to take samples of Mother Nature without introducing something called sampling bias is the holy grail of any kind of ecological modelling. So the fact that I have an, have a degree called environmental protection, which was effectively environmental science and agricultural ecology, moved into a PhD looking at how bacteria fought with each other in the soil and extrapolated that using different computational methods and predictive statistics. Um, and then moved into an environmental consulting role, started working in Perth in WA on some cool oil and gas development environmental monitoring programs. Realised that some of the technologies and methodologies that were being employed were probably from around the time that I was born in the late 70s. Um, and also recognising the health and safety risk of operating in places like the Pilbara, especially offshore, um, you know, where there's Irukandji and shark and crops and biting insects and very hot temperatures. You know, it gets up to 50 degrees during the day there. Um, We were trying to find different ways to do remote sensing on some of these uh, projects. But unfortunately, due to cloud cover, satellites weren't going to be an option for us. And you want to look through the right ecological window when you're looking for different species behavior. So sometimes a few meters resolution off a satellite is actually not good enough. You actually need centimeters of resolution. So we were looking for a Goldilocks So we were looking for the Goldilocks porridge right the just right temperature the just right resolution of information that we could get so that we could make some decision quality uh you know extrapolations from that data to enable us to monitor the natural environment in a better way at less cost but also as a lower risk profile to the people that were involved in that project and one of the easiest ways to reduce the risk against humans is to remove humans from the loop Um, and so how can you remove humans from the loop and one of the answers is using drones and robotics. Technologies, and so the idea that a drone could fly in that Goldilocks zone—that's just high enough so that things don't interact with it, but low enough so that you get that right resolution that you want—was a bit of um, an obvious when we started doing it. But I, I remember when I was first commissioning the 2012 project we were working on. Gosh, it's been eight years, hey? So probably nine <laughs> years really since time I flies, started doing my toe in the My goodness me, I've got married and had two <laughs> children in time as well, so it's a bit crazy. But. Um, the idea. The first thing I did, and it's terrible, but especially women in STEM, this imposter syndrome that we have. I immediately thought, well, I can't be the first person to have thought of this. Obviously, <laughs> everybody else in the world is already doing this, and I've just fallen across this by accident um, through some colleagues in the US that were suggesting various things. Teams and teams and various other places. I was just we were looking for new ways of doing things, and nobody had done it before. So I was like, right, hang on a sec. And it has to be noted, you know, that it was part of the. Um, you know, the, the sort of the tax breaks, you know, you got the R&D tax breaks that enabled yep. us as a company to take that risk to actually look at trialing this new technology. So we were ahead of a lot of the universities. We were ahead of CSIRO. We were a world first project when we operated aerothons. I did an aerothon, operated aerothons for me under the guise of this um, environmental monitoring uh, program. And the data we collected would have made David Attenborough buy me a beer. I did actually cry <laughs> when I first saw the first, lot of data that came in um we spotted species uh, like oceanic manta rays that hadn't actually been seen using other methodologies for over 15 years one of the scientists i was working with was pretty beside himself when we saw this great big oceanic manta ray he was like we've just not seen one because they don't come near the mmo boats they don't come near the marine mammal observation yeah, boat. Right. so we never see we never see them very yeah. rare to see them out of a plane because the grids are normally quite small and you just don't see them or well, you don't capture that data the fact that we've captured that data, um, for him was a real game changer a lot of people when we tried to do that project didn't think we could do it and I guess that's one of the things about me is that I like to find solutions to problems I don't think I know everything absolutely not on the contrary I know enough to be dangerous and I know enough to surround myself with people that do know what they're doing in their niche Um, so I consider myself a bit of a social architect so that's how I got into the drone industry was not by means of wanting to fly drone but by means of trying to solve a gnarly problem which was how do we find information about turtle nesting on offshore sandy beaches when the temperature hits 50 degrees centigrade and the traditional methodology is to shift people from boat to smaller boat to smaller boat to on foot around turtles around baby turtles and places where you just don't want to put people
0: for the ecological
1: reason but also from the health and safety point of view. So that was my first project. We created a business line from that. I moved to Brisbane to be mentored by a managing director at the business that I worked at at the time. And then we started the drone business line. Um, And that seems like ancient history. I've been independent now for five years since winning Telstra, Queensland and then National Corporate Businesswoman of the Year 2015. And I was bossing execs that year as well. So a lot of people thought I had a lot of potential. And I'd like to think that. we're kind of getting me to live up to that it's a bit scary when you put on the pedestal because the first thing is tall poppy syndrome hits and everyone just wants to see you fall over really and so yeah exactly you, just right. try and, uh, you just try and keep going and engaging people with the fact just because a spotlight's been shone on something doesn't mean it's a be all and end all it means that there's an opportunity to connect and talk and work um which led me to creating the idea of the world of drones congress um five years ago four years ago um because I needed a place where, as a business person, I'd never been able to find what I'd needed, um, which was what's going on in the drone industry? Who is flying what? Who is doing what? What are the governments doing about this? What are Mm. the VCs doing about this? What can the academics tell me? And how can I actually find a business model to create new and emerging technologies as part of a low-risk business-as-usual approach, which is oxymoronic? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right. And and there's some interesting things... You hit on there. And and one of them um, that that I just wrote down was around, you know, solving a solution to a problem. You know, there is actually a problem that you're trying to solve in that instance. And I talked to, you know, and we seem to see more probably in the defence domain, but people people build stuff and it's great. And then they say, how do Mm. I market this to defence? Or how do I market this to the market? And I always say to them, you know, straight away, what's the problem you're trying to solve? And sometimes they can't Mm. answer that. No, I um, can't answer it. Mm. But, you know, we, we talk a little bit about problem-centric um, solutions, not solution-centric solutions. We, we've got to have the problem yeah. at the centre. Um, so I think that, yep. that's really important. And, and I like your word around collaboration, you know, the mm. working together in this industry and getting people together. Um, you know, there's, there's that saying that uh, the high tide rises all boats or whatever the hell it is. And Yeah, rising
1: know, tide lifts all ships.
0: Yes, Here we go. I knew you favorites. know it better than I would. Um, <laughs> but, but it does. It, you know, why would we want to be in a in a race to the bottom in this industry? Why don't we actually try and bring everyone up to a, to a certain standard?
1: Well, this is the key, right? Collaboration is the new competition, especially when you're dealing with an industry like ours that has been growing in a different scale across different aspects of the industry. So the the one person in their drone type businesses that sort of were released when CASA deregulated the sub 2K D class. But also those of us that need a long range, heavy gear, but don't need to be military restricted in that we want yeah. to use sub-military gray things, things that aren't ATAR restricted. We want to operate in places like Fiji and other countries that might still have non, non-proliferation and ATAR restricted type um, restrictions on technologies that we can take from Australia. Um, and also then how do you, this is the terrible balance. I feel like the drones industry is this this terrible juxtaposition between a number of colliding industries. You've got the aviation industry, you've got the car industry, you've got the agriculture and ag tech, smart tech industry. Mm. Then you've got the, you know, delivery drones. And people might laugh about the idea of delivery drones, but we've got some amazing people coming along to the Congress, one of whom is a Canadian company that was using drones to actually take COVID sample kits in and out of Indigenous communities in Canada, First Peoples communities, which would have been like a five-hour car drive or a 30-minute drone flight. And we know that MAPINET back in 2016 started with their sort of MO being about delivering, this might sound a bit strange, delivering sputum samples from remote villages in Papua New Guinea to testing labs to work out antibiotic resistance so they could actually provide the right antibiotics for tuberculosis to these villagers. So these things we say, this is great, absolutely. This is a wonderful use of this technology. Um, and in fact, I beg it pardon, I think Mapinet were trialing that back in 2012, 2013. I'd have to go back and check. So they were trying that for a long time. The technologies with the limitations, the problems, the number of problems that needed to be solved will never run out. Um, That's and so, yes, I, I like to think of this as a, a problem. You find a problem and then you, sol- you solve it with the best technology. And it may not always be a drone, it, but yeah. I think it's becoming more and more and more likely to be a drone because of the way drones are technologically advancing, um, but also. What's more important, the way our insurances and assurances around these technologies and the business models that surround those technologies are also advancing. That, to me, is just as important as the technological advancement because if you can't insure it, you can't work, basically. Yeah, absolutely. You can't work for anybody if you haven't got insurance.
0: So, and if- you're exactly right, though. You know, the, the technology is not always going to be drones and, and that's an important, important point to make. And, you know, we've had a client that, that wanted to do X and, or X and Y and we sort of said, well, we think you can do Y, but X can actually be solved better by this different type of technology and I think you know it's just as powerful to say to somebody that a drone is not the solution as it is to say the drone is the solution. We've got to maintain our integrity across the industry as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been out and spoken, particularly in agricultural towns in Central West Queensland. I mean, the first thing that I'd say is, look, I'm not here to sell you drones. They may not be the solution yeah. to the problem. You could just see the stress drop out of their shoulders that they? <laughs> they weren't about to get a hard sell by someone around how brilliant drones were for agriculture. Look, in yeah. the right place, on the right problem, in the right niche, they're brilliant.
0: Exactly right. also,
1: there's been a lot of overselling and under-delivering uh, by yep. people across all industries. But I've noticed it, particularly um, in, the, in the drones industry, that we need to make sure that we don't do that. Um, but that's the rush of a new technology. That's the dot-com boom that we all got. That's the mushroom cloud that we've all seen. Uh, yep. But we've come, over that, we've come over that hump now in terms of the boom of it. And now we're really into the consolidation phase, which is why I think the Congress is still very relevant. Um, and, and why I think adding robotics to the mix is probably actually quite smart because all drones are robots but not all robots are drones so so overlap is is um significant and therefore not to be ignored really
0: yeah sure so back to our i guess solution and um we we want to find solutions to problems so what problem was there you know four years ago um that required or or the need was there to actually raise the, the congress back then what were you trying to solve back then and and has that changed and evolved over time
1: I think back then it was actually people recognizing that drones were a serious business and they weren't just some, you know, little toy that you could buy from JB Hi-Fi or they weren't some really complex defense instruments, that they were actually a really good opportunity to save lives um, and to work in a safer way. There was a big thing that happened really, which was when, when I was trying to work with drones eight years ago, you know, the idea was you were trying to sell it as this great solution, great solution, great solution. And that's the carrot approach, right? The stick approach, yeah. is now, about, the stick approach is now very fashionable. So the idea now is this health and safety law that basically states, in some term or another, the idea that if there is a known available technology and you don't use it, and then you have an accident on the site, as a board director even, you know, the idea of corporate manslaughter, this can go all the way up to the C-suite. So we need to have people who are, you know, drone developers, VCs, board directors, CEOs, Government officials, insurance company representatives, financial representatives, all of these people that sit in that ecosystem of how a business actually operates needed to be in the same room together. And they never were because of the niche way in which we always communicated as a drone industry, um, as the tech industry. But we needed to mature. We needed to accelerate that industry and mature it into the business industry that it actually is. So the World of Drugs and Robotics Congress is a business conference. It's a business conference inside and this so the Congress is like we're gonna have the first Australian drones and robotics expo this year. We've got the Mm -hmm. conference part of it, we've got the outreach parts of it, we've got a lot of education materials going in. It will all be recorded and will be available on demand until the end of March uh 2021. Um because we know teachers, for example, particularly like to dip in and out when they when they can Mm. see things. So we're creating a teacher pack in partnership with Inspiring Australia from the Queensland Museum. Um and we've got lots of different partnerships involved and that was why I wanted to create this conference. And that was why I think it's been a huge success is because there's not anything like it. And even when you go to China and you go to Japan or you go to Amsterdam or you go to London, you go to some of these other drone conferences, they are that, they are a drone conference. They're an expo. They're almost something that you would see at Avalon Air Show, right? They're the drone part of a bigger thing or they're particularly about looking at the the kit that's being built so they can sell it to people. Mm. And there are little conversations around business models and conversations around use cases and lots of um, case studies and things like that. But ours is actually a business conference. um, And we're a business conference basically supporting this idea of emerging technology, drones, robotics, AI, cyber, data, ethics. We've got the National Defense Industries Forum. We've got the National Drone Safety Forum. Drones can swim, crawl, walk, jump. Fly. Mm. Um, yep. But, um, and so underwater drones is something that's a very big opportunity. Australia's, I think, behind the eight ball a little bit on that. I was a judge on the, the Shell Ocean Discovery X Prize, where we were looking at um, deep sea mapping using remote technologies, and there was not a single Australian entity that entered that competition. So I had no conflicts of interest, but I was equally frustrated considering we are girt by sea and responsible for over 30% of the
0: world's oceans. Yeah, so it's no almost like. <laughs>
1: it's like why weren't we there it it was a shock to me actually that we weren't so
0: so um so it's on in november uh it's on 12 and 13 <laughs> yes. november and it's based at the brisbane convention exhibition center which is going to be fantastic oh um, it's going to be great it's a yes. great venue it's a really great venue It's central it. there's, there's plenty of pubs to go to oh, after COVID we finish safe. For the day
1: we are so covid safe so do you want to talk about that made. do you want to
0: talk about the covid safe sort of side of the house yeah. for people that may be concerned about it
1: Yes, yeah, so we've been supported by the Queensland government. And let's just put it this way. It's an election year. And when we got supported by the Premier earlier this year, do you think that they would put bets on something that would be anywhere near a problem? Absolutely <laughs> not a problem. OK, so we've been developing COVID safe plans. And at World of Drones and Robotics Congress, I 50% own it. And the other 50% belongs to Carillion Conference Management. And so they've been running conferences for 35 years. And Ashley Gordon, who's my business partner there, um, actually has been helping create the COVID safe planning for the government via the people at Griffith Public Health that have been providing. So we are on the front edge of the best practice that you could possibly have. And so we have a number of things in play. This year, everyone will have to sit at tables rather than sitting in a theatre style setting. So it means the hall will look slightly different, a lot bigger in terms of space. The demonstration netted area will have ground, ground robotics. DJI D1 store are representing with their ground robotics that are almost like robot wars. So yeah, we'll have they're a little cool. robot wars in yeah, there. they really cool. Very cool. The flying space is still there, but it's a bit smaller. We may yet have things flying in demonstration. We're not going to do the big racing the way we used to, we just don't have the, the time and space. Um, really, for it. We've got a really packed programme. I mean, if you want to have a look at worldofdrones.com.au, the programme is everything from pandemics and bushfires and some of the leaders from this technology, like, like Murphy um, Yerba from um, ANU, who's running the ANU Bushfire Initiative now, looking at how remote sensing from satellites and planes and drones can talk to each other about preventing and fighting bushfires, all the way through to the wonderful Dimity Dornan and uh, Dr Robin Soakes, who's the CEO of... Um, Bionics Queensland. So we're going all the way from perhaps on the edge of space, high altitude pseudo satellites on the edge of space, down to 3D printing arteries and veins. That's the scale that this conference is now reaching, as well as having um, lots of different robots on display, lots of social robots on display. We've got the wonderful Nikki from X-Up tech who's donated us a couple of robots that will be meeting you and greeting you and reminding you about your social distancing and reminding you about your um, hand sanitizer. Um, we've actually also spent some money on some World of Drones and Robotics Congress face masks. So people can wear the face masks. <laughs> so we've got everyone they covered. Like. They can bring their own face masks. Everyone's covered. There's some rules around catering that may yet change, but my understanding as of the new, past, the new roadmap that the Premier's released is that um, we will be able to serve food for morning tea and afternoon tea as a walk around expo like it would normally be. Social distancing included in that, of course. The death of the buffet lunch, of course, was caused by COVID. So it will probably be pre-packed and predetermined things. Yeah. And that's OK, too. Um, and then lunch, though, will be sat down. So we're going to have these tables where you can have six people around a table now. We thought that was going to be three people around the table. So I'm actually thinking we're going to get back to regular kind of capacity as to pretty how close. the conference is operated. We're going to be pretty close, yeah, to how it's operated. My goodness me, when Ashley and I, back in March, decided, mm, September, mm, now let's push this out to November and see if we can. And I'm so glad we took a bet on it. Good timing.
0: Good we timing. are going to be the
1: only conference <laughs> of any significance in this industry in, exactly. in the world of STEM at all that happens in yep. 2020. And the borders to New South Wales will be open. Um, yeah. Now, Victorians may be listening to this, and I love them too. I miss them dearly, and I can't wait to get back down for a secret secret Snifty Gin in one of my favourite little speakeasies down off of a Little Collins there. But what we have um, is we are actually fully hybrid. So we've actually spent a bit of money getting broadcast quality um, capability so people can actually get online access. And um, we're happy to share the 30% discount code um, across everybody who's subscribed and who's interested. Get in touch. Happy to to give you a 30% discount for online access for listening to this podcast. Um, And what it means is that you can actually access the Q&A and the live stream as if you were actually sat in the room. So you can actually ask questions of the speakers from your app on your phone whilst you're watching it live through your computer. For people in different time zones, obviously we're pre-recording, well, we're recording it and then people can watch it on demand until the cows come home until the end of March. But um, we wanted to have as visceral experience as you can whilst doing it remotely. This is not about just having a load of people zooming in. This is actually filming something where people are. Um, And so people that have booths, and I know Mirrigan are a main sponsor for us this year, major sponsor, thank you so much for supporting us. No worries, we're excited. Um, People can zoom in uh, to you either through your expo uh, virtual expo booth, or they can actually zoom in to your actual expo booth physically itself and speak to you. We have some social robots that we're hoping to get up and running, and we're having volunteers walk around with the robots. Who said robots took jobs? Robots create jobs, as far as I know. <laughs> um, so we're having people that are walking around with the robots that people can beam in on and say hello to people and have a look around and everything. So we're trying to keep it as visible as possible. But the hybrid conference is here to stay, and we'll probably be one of the first ones that you'll see of any kind of major. Um, conference. So it's great because, I mean, people that live regionally that could never get to Brisbane or people that are interstate or international that couldn't ever fly to Australia, they can access the Congress now in ways that they've not been able to do in the past.
0: Well, you know, COVID's kind of caused a few of these things, hasn't it? And, um, you know, I think there's a few things that are coming out of COVID that I hope kind of stay. You know, I've um, I've done a ton of, obviously, as we've all done, I've done a ton of Zoom meetings with clients, and I'm pretty sure my four-year-old son has met every single client that we work for, and (laughs) everyone's so accepting and understanding and really couldn't care less. So um, I think there's some pretty cool stuff that's coming out of it.
1: When I landed this job at ANU back in April, I was still breastfeeding. So the first meeting I had with a number of my professors... (laughs) With me dishevelled in my pyjamas, breastfeeding a child. That was my. That was their first impression of me.
0: <laughs> welcome to am, welcome to twenty twenty. <laughs> I am unapologetic. Yeah absolutely. <laughs> hey um and you mentioned the hybrid event and I I think I'm emceeing one of the panel events. So I'm looking Ooh. forward to seeing and understanding how that's going to work. And hopefully the yeah. next army officer can work out how to use um to use some of this technology. You'll be totally
1: interested. To do Don't you worry about that. So people that are beaming in, that are live streaming in will be on the on the main screens and then on, on what we call slave screens, which is a terrible expression, but baby screens. <laughs> and um so it's master and you know terrible mm-hmm. IT terminology in this but um yeah so mother and baby let's get that mother
0: mother screen i heard and baby i heard screen. terminology the other day um follow a uh, leader and follower screens they there were they were leader and follower oh, screens me. which i thought there was very go. 2020 and, and a little That's bit so better funny, yeah.
1: That's better. Mm. I prefer that expression. Mm. Let's go with that one. So then when they're on the actual panel, they'll also be live and watching and hearing you live. So it's just like they'll be on a little beam in robot right there in front of you. And when people are watching it at home, we've got somebody who's taking all the different channels in because we have, for your session, I think we have a couple of live stream beam ins. but um, people are trying to get here. Um, and now we know that the New South Wales border will hopefully, fingers crossed, be mm-hmm. open by the 1st of November, if not earlier, if they can continue with their, their zero community transmission, it may be earlier down to Sydney, mm-hmm. which will be fabulous. Um, but um, but yes, yeah, so everybody at home will just see it like it's a perfect TV broadcast version of that. So don't worry. It's going to be interesting. And I'm sure, look, there'll be hiccups, but we've got lots of um, backup built into it. So there'll be ways in yep. which we can get around those hiccups. So don't worry. And we're testing and it's everything son. so much. We're testing, testing, testing.
0: Yeah, excellent. And it's worth mentioning um, at our American booth this year, we're also going to do, uh, we're hoping to do some podcasting and some live stream podcasting mm. too. So, you know, yeah. my my thought around this and my plan around it is that um, it's an extension of the drones for good podcast. but the idea being that when speakers speak and they get up and speak and, and maybe not everyone gets their, their question answered, that um, perhaps I can ask some further questions of them, you know, after they speak and, and sort of drill down on a few things. So hopefully mm. that's, um, that's available to people yeah, when they and get into thinking.
1: it they walk on down to your booth, they do some live live questions with yourself and maybe answer some of the questions that the MC wasn't able to get to through the session. People will yep. be able to connect with people through the app so you can send messages to people directly. One of the things that you will miss when you're not there though is that accidental networking, except mm. I will be highly encouraging even people who are there to continue connecting. And so once we have everyone there, it's a bit of a community thing, right? So it's just a matter of just still, just still following up. We have other things in play. We've, we've got a number of different things that are planned for 2021 that, of course, I hope Jane will be involved with. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll probably stay with a November date now. I think okay. 12 months out, 2021, it seems to work. Um, we'll see how that goes. And Brisbane in November is beautiful. Um, yep. And so it would be a good time, still a good time of year to come up here. August was when we first started. August was great. It was very windy, though. <laughs> yeah. The, west- the windy westerlies of uh, Echo Week was upon us, I think, the yep. first year we did it absolutely um, and you're right so it's a great got, spot
0: it's um you know it's in the middle of south bank for those that have people who haven't been up here there's yeah, plenty beautiful. of um cafes and, and pubs around an accommodation there's there's train yeah. line directly to it so you know it's yeah. it's, it's a perfect to place get to get have in. it yeah absolutely yeah, it's a
1: beautiful part of brisbane yeah i love south bank you can get on the eye and if you're not if you're not scared of heights you can get on the brisbane eye there and have a little sojourn around the view
0: have a look have around. a bit of a look hey Catherine. um one of the reasons that Merrigan is a major sponsor, and one of the reasons that we got involved in this um, and I guess of continuing our involvement is that it's not a typical conference. It's not a conference where you go along and listen to a bunch of people talk. And, and one of the aspects that we're impressed is the wrong word, but, but we like about this conference is the strong education and STEM focus, because you know, if, if we really don't focus on that area and we don't push those people through and we don't drive that through our kids and, and through, you know, through our university, etc., um, then where are we going to be? Um, Can you talk to the STEM focus and the education piece of this and and how that all links together?
1: Yeah, so we actually have, even though it's not on the program on the website yet today, it will be released soon. We're actually going to have an education session there for parents and teachers. Um, And what we're doing is we're actually putting together a teacher pack, which has been sponsored by Inspiring Australia. So very grateful for Inspiring Australia uh, grant um, by the Queensland Museum. Uh, call it thank you to carolyn and Shelley there um at the museum we are producing a teacher pack which will include lesson plans it will include curriculum mapping it will include resources further conversations um, and opportunities for people to integrate drones either through simulators or through actually having drones into their Mm -hmm. classrooms i'm really getting into the idea of drone simulators at the moment it's a really cheap and easy way to get drones in the classroom without actually having to have drones being bought and batteries being charged, it's a really great way of doing that.
0: Well, simulation is um, a great way to reuse and, mm-hmm. and you know do again, as opposed to just doing once and then you know not being able to do it again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. And you can, this particular um, software in Zephyr Sim, it's somebody that you can actually use um, iPads or iPhones or tablets that you might have in the classroom already yeah, as a controller rather than having to buy a controller, so that's great. Um, But yes, so we're having this education roundtable, effectively an education workshop, which will be a number of uh, presentations that will be pre-recorded. And so that will be released as pre-recorded bonus um, when you log in and you register you can access that whenever we're going to have that ready to go as though it was a poster session effectively the software that we're using actually called events on air is Australian startup um, it's Brisbane based business or least it was when it was founded it's um, locally produced software which is and I think we're the first big conference to actually use it in a hybrid format rather than a fully online format so we're quite mm-hmm. excited about that but the idea of the teacher and the education materials is to again continue the conversations about making sure that we get Everybody in Australia who might be vaguely interested in drones and robotics technologies, the opportunity to learn that in school. We know here in Queensland, we now have an aerospace curriculum, which has only just come out. That's a year old, that curriculum, which is fantastic. So we've got the QCAA, the Queensland Curriculum Authority, uh, Queensland Curriculum and Assessment Authority are presenting inside that pre-recorded education session and have always been big supporters. But uh, QCT, uh, Queensland College of Teachers and Anna Kinane, who's helped me with the Designer Drone competition that we've just finished and the winners of the Designer Drone competition will be announced and the resources that we're producing from that Designer Drone will also start coming out over the next wee while too. Um, but for me, there's an education piece that's um, it's just a bit of a, a no-brainer. People being able to access these resources for free is key to me. It's the reason why I created World of Drones Education as a sort of a sister company to World of Drones and Robotics Congress was to allow that to all be released and be on the YouTube channel. So people can access a masterclass, they can access an education panel, they can access lots of different things through the the website, but also through the YouTube channel completely for free. The industry needs to do this because we need to encourage people into this pipeline. And the drone industry is the pipeline to the aviation and aerospace um, industries Mm -hmm. and the space industries. And one thing we are seeing now with some of the predictive modeling is that we are going to have an aviation boom off the back of this. People will be flying again by the end of 2022 the way they were flying in 2019 domestically that's probably going to be mid to the end of 2021 we'll definitely have a travel bubble um with the pacific and which countries that will be will be early 2021 um i think New zealand talking january um and so you know january 2021 so we're talking about four months away three months away Mm. Um, but we've got a lot of people who've retired or who who, who have left the industry so we're going to have a gap we're going to have a pilot shortage it might sound silly but it takes three years to train a pilot so we're going to have a pilot shortage hit us yeah is, absolutely uh, interesting so i just don't want i don't want kids now to look at school and think well that's it there's no aviation industry that is it's just it's currently on hold
0: and when it comes back oh my gosh it's gonna boom so absolutely yeah so Those you're talking about um, that i think You talk school kids, but what age are you talking about? You know, are we talking primary school or is it more so once they move into high school?
1: We're talking primary, even preschool, but we're talking primary school all the way up through to people in vocational education. So we've got a special rate of 25 Australian dollars for anybody who's a cadet. So an army cadet, RAF cadet, Navy cadet, emergency services cadet. Um, or any of the kind of cadetships that you might find of similar um, organisations. Also, if they're vocational students, they could be 18 or 88. I don't care if they're in vocational education or or they're a student. Um, they can access the Congress online for 25 Australian dollars. Um, if somebody is having financial hardship and really wants to see the content and get involved, they can reach out to me and I will send them the code for them to access the Congress. Um, we'll, we'll talk about rates and fees. I'm... I'm Uh, I have in the past given out hundreds of scholarships and we are again giving out hundreds of scholarships again this year for people to be able to attend it online. So I don't have to feed them this year. (laughs) It doesn't cost (laughs) me as much money (laughs) to give them an online registration as it would do a physical one. So unfortunately, I'm not able to be generous with the physical ones because of our COVID safe restrictions. But I am able to be generous with the online ones. So I'm more than happy to if anyone's in trouble or talking, you know, wants to get involved and stay in touch with the industry, please just reach out. I'm more than happy to have a chat about that.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Um, and, and I do want to talk about this briefly as well. And I know we're kind of running short of time. But this year does include robotics. And I want to talk deliberately yeah. about that. Um, why, why the inclusion? And why is that? Why have you changed the name, I guess, to include robotics, as opposed to just making it a sub element of the Congress?
1: Okay, So in all previous years, we've always had robotics elements through it anyway. But one thing that I'd noticed was a lot of drones companies were being bought by robotics companies and a lot of robotics companies were starting to get into drones just by themselves. And all drones are robots, but not all robots are drones. And it's something that I'll keep saying. <laughs> um, but what we know as well from the industries, they're very closely related. I'd say they're sister industries they are that closely related. And the issues around regulation and finance, venture capital, the startup ecosystem aspects are incredibly similar i say the Venn diagram is like a 95% overlap. So the business, this is a business conference. Okay, so the idea is the business issues around drones and the business issues around robotics are the same. And so in order for people to also understand that drones aren't just those little niche flying things that the military use or flying things that farmers use or flying things you can buy from JB Hi-Fi, to sort of open up and crack open that term, drone, into something bigger than just drone. I've never really particularly liked the term drone, um, But it's the thing that everyone understands. It's the common lexicon in the media. And so how do you actually um, open up that word drone? Well, I thought, okay, well, let's just add robotics to this, too, because then people will go, oh, hang on a second. It's not just about I don't own a drone. Therefore, it's not necessarily something. It's it's bigger than that. But drones were always bigger than that. And it's just we're up against this terrible nomenclature. We're up against this terrible lexicon, which tends to reduce the drone industry down rather than expand it out. So that's why I added the term robotics.
0: yeah brilliant amongst amongst other reasons (laughs) Um, so before we before we kind of um, finish up Catherine um, it'd be remiss of me not to to give you a chance I guess to to tell our listeners where they can find more information and where they should go
1: (laughs) yes well our best place to go is worldofdrones.com.au which is the website which has most of the information up and ready and we're just finishing all of that now we're in five weeks time at the time of this recording so it's coming upon us really quickly where has 2020 gone Oh, my gosh. One it's my not called 2020
0: things, uh, anymore. It's just called the COVID year. Yeah, well,
1: this is liminal time, you know. It's a time between <laughs> times. Um, and I just don't know where the last six months have gone. It's, I mean, I've had a lot of uh, family ups and downs and deaths in the family. And, oh, my gosh, it's just been horrific this year. I, I think even without the pandemic, it would have been a terrible year. So just the icing on the cake, isn't it? My poor baby that was born in November last year, all he's known is... Um, fires bushfires and pandemics yep. that's been his entry into this world so hopefully it'll give him some resilience
0: <laughs> well it's but, my um, vote that we uh let's let's do the world of drones for bodies congress in uh, in november of 2020 let's get into christmas holidays yes. uh, let's get into new year and we can kick yes. off uh,
1: 2021 and then fly you know, like to new zealand Hawaii. in january for a break i think that's, that's where, exactly where i'll be right. headed but um, look, the Congress is, um, it's here. It's, uh, it's literally the only opportunity to get out and yeah. meet people inside drones, robotics, STEM, government, any kind of networking you might want to do. Um, that's what we are here for. We've got some really exciting things like a pitch fest that's happening. We've got ideation hubs going on. We've got a way in which you can interact with people in an incredibly COVID safe and uh, you know very safe manner we will not be operating if we thought there was any risk and so all I'd ask is as well as if you do come along that you follow the COVID safe rules and uh, keep everybody safe um, and I'm sure there'll be lots of robots driving around to remind you of those rules whilst joining the congress as well so I look forward to seeing you in November um, either in the flesh or online and I'm more than happy to connect with people if you're not already connected with me on LinkedIn please find me Catherine Ball you'll find me on there or through social media my handle is at Dr Catherine Ball on pretty much every social media platform so please reach out if you have any questions or queries, excited, come along
0: Awesome, Um, well ladies and gents, uh, Catherine thanks so much for for joining us today to talk about the World of Drones and Robotics Congress 2020 Mirrigan is obviously pumped to be the major sponsor of the event, we can't wait to get there and get stuck in and hopefully we'll see um, a bunch of our listeners along as well Thank you, thanks Catherine